הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שלו, הרי אני לא יכול להיות הצדיקים האמיתים שאוכלים עפר. קדושים אשר בארץ המה ובכלל רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחנו ומקור חוכמה. רבנו נחמן פגד נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותם תגיד נא נא וכל ישראל אמן. So בעזרת השם, today we're gonna finish off Torah Chav Daled. It's gonna be the second part of the lesson. Um, starting at section 8, um, right there. When a person makes and he puts into order these controls, which is what we talked about, these control settings, which is basically the Keter. Meaning whenever Keter is in its proper place, when it's in order, when it's at the level that it needs to be, and when you... When you bring order and mitaken, when you rectify, in a sense, keter, to this stage process that we just explained above in the in the past class, all the way to section seven, when a person does this, and then the mochin, the intellects, then go running and chasing after to attain this or and so the light of the infinite one. And the keter, what does it do? It restricts the sechel, it restricts the intellect. And the, the intellect, in order to compose it, meaning that it doesn't run too quickly or it doesn't go out of its place. So the keta, what did it do? The keta is the control that d- prevents the intellect from running too far. And through the running of this intellect, but the me'akev, which is the preventing, the restricting of the keter, what happens? The intellect, which is that we talked about, then goes and strikes the which is this idea of the the composure and the mesader, the order, meaning the control, the keter. The chabad strikes the keter basically. The nasin echalin and when that happens, when chokma binadat strikes keter through this meakev and this redifa through the chasing of the intellect, but the meakev, which is basically the the keter hold, let it, pushing back the intellect from from moving too far. When this happens, you create chambers le'or and so for the light of the infinite one. You create chambers hechalin. And even so, nonetheless, these chambers These chambers are neither known nor they make themselves known. From inside this curtain, through the chasing of the thought. That reaches and yet doesn't reach. So, Rabbanu is going to pick apart this phrase. When it says, which is this curtain, what's the curtain? The curtain is the keter. It's the the control. This is keter. What is perisa? It means curtain, but parus. It's spread out. Keter is spread out. Between the creation and between the creator. Between, between us and the Creator. This is Keter. Keter is like a boundary between us and Hashem. And these nine chambers are made. They are neither from the level of the lights, nor the level of the Ruach, nor the level of the Neshama. Now what we talked about at the beginning, that there's a light, which is above Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, da, 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 da. It's not at that level, nor is it at the level of nefesh, ruach, neshama, etc. No one can comprehend these chambers. They don't make themselves attainable. Or they don't make themselves known at all. No. 
What's it talking about? This is the purpose. The final goal of all knowledge. Knowing. The purpose of all knowing. What's the final point of what we call knowing? It's a huge chidush. The purpose of all wisdom or all knowledge of knowing is that you don't know. What's the purpose of, what's the highest point of all knowledge? It's that you don't know. Greater than the knowledge itself, or meaning the highest point of what we call Yediya, is this place called Loyeda. There's no knowledge there at all. So now Rabbeinu is going to explain. And this is something to understand, because at the level of Keter, this idea of Loyeda is not understanding. It's something very deep. These chambers is what it's speaking about here. These chambers, they cannot be understood at all. You don't know them. And that's the highest point of the wisdom. And if you look at Chaya Moran, Rabbeinu hints to this when he says, um, more awesome and more wondrous, a bigger chidush than when I say a Torah is when I don't know to say a Torah. There were times, very unique times, where Rabbeinu um, wanted or planned to say a Torah. And when he got to the moment of, he forgot everything. And Rabbeinu said, this is a bigger chidush, and this shows more of my greatness than the time I, where I even say a Torah, where I give you guys a chidushim. Greater than the knowledge is the fact that at the time where I don't know. And we can understand this from what Rabbeinu is explaining here. And this is what it said in Yeshaya. Hashem, or He will satiate your soul with the splendors in Nashecha. He will satiate you with the splendors of your soul. Or he will satiate, or he will satiate your soul with splendors, with clarities. Because these lights are what we are calling the tzachot, these splendors, these these pleasures, these tzachot, these clear lights. They're above the sfirot. Look in Pardes Rimonim Shara tzachot. Over there, it brings down Rabbi Moshe Kodavero brings down that these tzachot, these lights. Are above the sfirot. Happy is the one who merits the mind of the person who runs and chases these perceptions. Even though it's not within the power of our intellect to understand these lights that we're talking about here, these chambers, because these chambers, they're not attainable, nor they're known. Nor are they known. We don't understand these things. And these nine chambers which are created when the Chabad strikes the Keter, strikes the Keter, when the intellect strikes the Keter, they are created to this collision. That the intellect strikes Keter at the time when it's chasing this Orensof, this light of the the light of the infinite one. When it's trying to detain the light of godliness, it strikes the Keter pushes it back and this collision, when Keter is pushing it back and it's trying to run and the intellect is trying to run, creates these nine chambers. Um, and why? Why is it nine chambers? The intellect are three. And each of these three are comprised of three. Because they become encompassed in each other at the time when they're running. Meaning Chokhmah becomes encompassed with Bina, and then Bina becomes encompassed with that, and then there's this entire, um, what do you call it? 
this entire um, encompassing within another um, that happens, and when they become encompassed within another, they become nine chambers. So at the time, whenever the intellect is running to attain the Oren Sof, and it strikes the Keter, what happens? They're creating nine chambers because at the time when it's running, Chochmah becomes encompassed within Bina and it becomes encompassed within Dat and then Dat gets encompassed within Bina and Chochmah, etc., etc. This entire encompassment that happens at the same time. Um, and three times three because each of these gets encompassed within the other three um, creates a nine. And this is what it says, Tisha Echelin. This is why it says nine chambers, because each of these um, becomes encompassed within another. Um, <clears throat> this idea, this subject is very, very deep. Who will find it? Kamuvana Maskeles is known to the one. Um, um, as known to the one who's wise. And just as Rabenu hinted to me the great secrets and the great depth behind these awesome secrets, which go up all the way up above, above, above. As brought down in this Torah to the one who is able to delve a little bit into it. And we are forced to explain the matter a little bit. Now Rabbi Nathan is going to go on to explaining it. And this is how you explain it. So this is Rabbi Natan's explanation according to what Rabbeinu just taught. The Keter the control setting basically of this intellect. Meaning this is the strength that the intellect has, that, the person, that a person's intellect has in order to compose himself, to put himself in order so that the mind and the dad doesn't go running and doesn't fall into hazard, into danger by going out of its border. So this strength that the mind has is the aspect of keter of the mind. The strength that a mind has to make sure that it doesn't go past where it should is this is the keter of the mind. And this strength is like a border, a boundary. Which divides the intellect and the light of the infinite one, of God. Because this strength, which is the strength of this control setting that we're talking about, it prevents the intellect at the time when it's running and chasing so that they don't breach the boundary and they go up to God above their partition, above where they're supposed to. Because the intellect is constantly running or it's running and chasing to attain this light of the infinite. And this strength that we just talked about, this keter, this keter of, uh, of the intellect, stands between the intellect and the or and sof as if it's a boundary. And it prevents the intellect from running too far. And through this running of the intellect, and the preventing that happens through um, the Keter, meaning what we just talked about, the chasing of the intellect who tries to attain the Oren Sof, and then the preventing, the, the, the power that Koach has to restrict the, this intellect from attaining the Oren Sof, this interaction that's happening between these two ideas. Through these two aspects, through this, 
the the intellects of Keter and the um, meaning the mochin, the intellects, then strikes the mechitzah, the boundary, which is the keter. It creates a collision. And through this, you create the chambers to the oren sof, to the light of the infinite. What are these chambers? Now, Rabbi Nathan is explaining. These chambers are vessels. And chambers and spirituality, and supernal spirituality, in order to to understand through these chambers the aspect of mete of what we just talked about. Meaning, you reach the orensof, yet you don't reach it. Meaning, how does one attain this idea of mete velamete? As we said earlier, that the the sechel masigoto, the sechel, as we say in section one of this lesson. Then the intellect attains this. Meaning it attains this attribute. But how does it attain it? What allows it to attain this concept of through these chambers? These chambers are what bring this intellect, um, the grasping. The, it it will enables the intellect to grasp this idea of of reaching yet not reaching the light of the infinite one. Blessed be He. Because if there was no keter, God forbid, meaning if there was nothing to restrict the intellect from running, and nothing was were to restrict the intellect from attaining that or and so what happened? The, the mind would be completely nullified, completely. All your mind would be would have wouldn't exist, wouldn't be able to exist. Because man would completely be nullified in supreme reality within, within uh, above this nature, within this place, within godliness. Because the light of God, the light of the infinite, we cannot grasp at all. So if your mind is running over there and then it goes there, then what happens? And there's no, there's no existence at all. You cannot exist in this world. But through these two concepts of the chasing and the restricting. Through this you create these chambers and these boundaries. And through these chambers one is able to attain the light of the infinite one, blessed be he. In the aspect of what we call as it brought in the Zohar and Noach. And the explanation of this phrase, reach yet not reach, is understandable to those who understand. To the one who have understanding. Meaning he's reaching, yet he's not reaching. Meaning he's tracing and he's striving to attain. And nonetheless, he still doesn't attain and he didn't reach it. Why? Because this is happening through this chasing and this restricting. I mean, you have the chasing, you're attaining it, but you have the restricting, which doesn't allow you to attain it. And even though you create these chambers, nonetheless, these chambers are not known, nor they make themselves known. And no one can comprehend these chambers. And they are uh, not attainable. And they are not known. As we brought above. Because it's impossible to describe in your mind. Your, to grasp in your mind. To make sense of these chambers. They are above the intellect. Because they are above the aspect of nefesh, ruach, and neshama. 
Meaning they're above the pnimut machshava, they're above the inner intellect. They're in, almost a makif. They're above all intellect. Because they're above the sfirot even. They're above the divine attributes of God. As we brought above in the language of Rabenu that we just taught. Look over there and you'll understand. That I have not added one single thing. Rabbi Natan saying, I didn't mean add with this explanation. All this is included in the words of Rabenu. Because all my words are encompassed in his are all encompassed in his meaning Rabenu's words are all encompassing and they include everything the only thing I did Rabbi Natan says is I returned to it and I explained these things a little bit because they're so deep ad ensof until the infinite one it's infinitely deep. And through this, you create these nine chambers that we talked about specifically. Because the intellect are three. And because these intellects, which then go and strike the restrictor, which is Keter, they become encompassed within one another. And each one becomes all encompassing of three. So, has within it, Chochma binadat. Bina has within it. And then that has that within it. So that's nine. Three times three is nine. And these are the nine chambers that the Zohar is speaking about. Happy is one who merits to go and to ascend in the holy path that is spoken about in this lesson. Until he merits these perceptions that we are, are talking about. Look how awesome that is. And by the way, we can understand that no one can bring about an explanation of a Zohar like what Rabenu just did. These concepts in the Zohar that are not understandable at all. And Rabenu is explaining how we can attain that through what? Through performing the mitzvot of Simcha. So we continue. And this is what the sages of Athens ask. Where is the center of the world? They ask Rabbi Yoshua. And what did Rabbi Yeshua do? He pointed his finger and he said, Here. They asked him, Who says so? Who says that it's here? And he responded, Come take a rope and measure it. So what, what's the story going on here? Rabbi is going to explain according to the lesson. That they were asking him, How does one attain the light of the infinite? Which is the center of the world. Why is it the center of the world? Because from this place, the Orenzov, the light of the infinite, everyone draws life force and shefa and abundance and influx from this place. Meaning everything comes from the light of the infinite. This we know in the Kabbalah that the light of the infinite goes within all the Sfirot and brings Shefa to each of the Sfirot, etc., etc. Zakvait Bata, he pointed his finger. What is the finger? This is the aspect of the blessings that we talked about. As it says, Aaron lifted up his hands and he blessed me. The finger belongs to the hands, and the hands are the source of all the blessings. Meaning, through the blessings, by means of the blessing, the intellect strikes and collides with Keter. And you create these chambers. Why? Because what did we say? Whenever you draw down these blessings, these blessings are rooted within where? Within, um, what is the essence of the blessing? The blessing we said above was the Sechel. So the Sechel is the idea of the chasing of the mind. 
So when this chasing of the mind, which is the essence of the blessing, comes before, whenever it goes to run, to attain the organ sov, it strikes the keter. And this is how you create the chambers. And they ask Rabbi Yeshua, who says so? Who is this person they're asking that is able to that to enter the hechleat morot? This is something new. The chamber of exchanges. What this means is there's lots of exchanges between impurity, purity. It's well, it's better known as almost klipat noga. It's a place where the etzara dwells mostly, meaning it's a place where there's so much exchange between happening of holiness and unholiness. There's lots of confusion. It's a big gray area. Meaning, when you know something's evil, that's clear to you that it's evil. Meaning, when Hashem says don't murder, okay, that's clear. But then it gets complicated when it's in a state of, let's say, for example, self-defense or this or that. That's the gray area. That place is called hechleat mod. When a person is confused, whenever a person's in confusion, sfekot and doubts, this is what we call the hechleat mod. This is the main force of the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah wants a person to fall into this place because this is where it's very gray. When when it's something is very clearly impure, it's easy to understand that it's not good to do. But when it's in a place of the chamber of exchanges, there's lots going on there that it's not clear. It's not so pashut. So what is this place? This is the place where the evil forces dwell. So who is this person they're asking that can enter the chamber of exchanges to the place of the, the evil forces? To bring from there the holy sparks. In the aspect of what we just described above in the beginning of this lesson, uh, in the beginning of yesterday's lesson, Ketoret, the spices, which is this idea of elevating all the sparks from the evil forces. And through this ascending, one is able to bring up these blessings. Through this bringing up this holiness from the evil forces, one is able to bring up these blessings. So who is this person that could go down to there, go down there within the evil forces and bring up all the, all the, the sparks from there, all the holiness from there that the evil forces have trapped in order to bring down blessing? Who is this person? And this is what Rabbi Yoshua says. And this is what the, the sage of Athens asked. Who says? Leshon What's Yemar? It's a play on the words Temura. Exchange. Meaning this chamber of exchanges. Leshon as it says. It says If he surely exchanges it. Hamer comes from the word Yemar. Which is what? Temurot. Who says? Meaning not what? Who is me? Yemar, who is the person who can enter the Yemar, which is what? The aspect of Hamer Yemirenu, the chamber of exchanges, uh, And he responded to them, I too, Hashem Mushu, go take a measuring rope and measure it. So he was answering them, the essential elevation of holiness from the Klipot, is through Simcha. The simcha that we talked about, the joy that one accomplishes the mitzvah with. And in the future, in the future, Israel, when they leave the exile, they're going to leave with joy. It says, for with joy you will leave. And then in the time to come, whenever we leave the exile, and we bring joy, because we're going to be so much besimcha, the klipot, the evil forces, will be completely finished off, destroyed. And this what it says, go and measure. Meaning, through you, through you, and against your will, the klipot will be completely nullified. Because you yourselves will bring the house of Israel from the exile, which are called the measuring rope. The exile is called Ashle, the measuring rope. Why is it called the measuring rope? Because it says, 
the rope of his inheritance. As it says in um, in Dvarim, Lamed Bet, verse 9. Dvarim chapter 32, verse 9. And it also says, And they shall bring your brothers. Bet Israel. This is the house of Israel. That each and every one of the, na- the other nations, the Goyim, they will bring themselves with their own hands, the house of Israel, from the exile. Meaning they themselves are going to be the ones who bring us out. Against their will, they're going to be the ones to lead us out of the, lead us out of the exile. Through the fact that there's going to be so much simcha at that time. Meaning, why is it called, what's the measuring rope? I to go and measure it. Meaning, what What does it mean? I to ashle. Meaning, what is this reference to? Ashle, the measuring rope, is called the heaven achlato, the rope of his inheritance. Meaning, we, the house of Israel, which are called the rope of his inheritance, the, we are the rope of Hashem, in a sense. We will be basically brought. Meaning, I to mashle. I to Ashle. So Rabbi Yeshua is telling the sages, you go and bring Ashle. I to Ashle Umushu. Bring the measuring rope. Meaning what? Bring the measuring rope. What did that mean? Meaning you will bring the measuring rope, which is Am Israel. You will bring the Bet Israel outside of the Galut, um, into the Geulah. You will bring us out of the exile into the redemption. And as we talked about, uh, and as it says, Zeilim, Kemosh Katuv, Az Yomeru Bagoyim Higdil Hashem Lasotim Ele. Then the Goyim will say, God has done greatly with these, with these people, meaning Am Israel. We will be happy. Or we are happy. Meaning through the Simcha that we will have, the Goyim themselves will lead us out of the exile. They will be the ones against their will to literally walk us out of the subjugation that they have been holding us by. And through this joy, all the klipot will be completely nullified. Bifrinat, as it says, and they measured them with a rope. It says in Shmuel Bet, Hashkev Otam making them lie down on the ground. And this is what it says: Moshu, go measure it. Hanu Hamedida lechalot Otam, meaning the measuring to destroy them. Hamedida lechalot Otam, the measuring to destroy them. Meaning this idea of the rope that they're going to walk us out. Which is what? Who's the rope? It's referenced to Bet Israel, the house of Israel. They're going to walk us out, and they're going to be, um, they're going to be completely destroyed. Meaning, all the people, the evil forces, will be destroyed through the fact that there's going to be so much simcha. And this measuring, this measuring rope, which is Bet Israel to destroy them. Meaning, it's you know, the simcha of Bet Israel is going to be able to destroy the klipot. Um, and that's the end of the Torah. It's a really an awesome Torah. And in practicality, we could get so much from this, the, the power of performing the mitzvot of Simcha, that you can attain literally the light of the infinite and attain these tzachot, nafshecha, these, these delights of the soul. that we No one understands these things. You cannot even attain this with the intellect, but that you can mamash attain these levels without even, even grasping them just through performing the mitzvot with so, so much Simcha. So, B'zrat Hashem, may we have the merit to perform the mitzvot with Simcha. Apply the advice of Rabbeinu Simcha. That Hashem attained this mamash, this or, this or and so, which is the mana min afshinu ruchin, nishmatim, bizrat Hashem. Amen, kinirat